tomorrow, dear scorekeepers. It is another episode of your favorite podcast, The Score. <laughs> Welcome to it. Um, my name is Rocky Jones, EDI Director at Minnesota Opera. And as always, I am joined by my two fabulous co-hosts, the amazing Lee Bynum and the amazing Paige Reynolds. How are you both today? Oh, I'm all right. Yeah. I'm I'm you know what I'm actually doing great cuz I've been able to feel <laughs> the sun on my face this week. I I mean, yes, but I'm going to be a bit of um a brat. and just say that while this is wonderful and this is lovely this this 80 degrees and sunny it was snowing last week Ooh! so this is it's just a lot like 50 degrees it's just a lot (laughs) for me to process (laughs) i'm happy but i'm also still mad at you minnesota for putting me through that for the last six months so it's just gonna take me a second (laughs) <laughs> i'm choosing to move on and be grateful okay, okay. <laughs> minnesota where, where's that <laughs> yeah, well what is it like in new york now it must be lovely and oh, it it's kind of it's it's about 90 degrees today which oh, no. for me is like a that's good 15 much. degrees that's yeah much. that's that's beyond lovely but it's been sunny lately um yeah, like the the weather has been the agreeable part for the most part of being back in New York. Um, What's the I've disagreeable been part? Reminded that New Yorkers are the disagreeable part of living <laughs> in New York, mm-hmm. <laughs> in, including me and including the one I live with. So the Ooh. you know I, I am not accepting <laughs> anybody around here from that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, today we are recording this on Friday, April 14th, um, also known as uh, presumably Sasha Colby Coronation Day. <laughs> <laughs> and if when, it, when this is released on Wednesday, if that's not the case, my bad. <laughs> Congratulations, Anitra. <laughs> right, because this whole show has been a race to third place. Like, that's mean, been so obvious from the beginning. I'm just saying. Yeah. And me and Mistress and Lux. They're great. Fabulous. We will see them at All Stars in a yes, couple years. Yes, we will. Yes, but, we will. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, good. can we just talk about Sasha Colby for a minute? Can I, I mean, you be... said it all, right? You know, she, she said it all. Sasha is like clearly her favorite drag queen in many a season. Like... And how could she not be? <laughs> I mean, that <laughs> that's the thing. How could she not be? Yeah. Like she just excels in every area to a degree that mm-hmm. it's not even just like, you know, oh, she's very good. Like, no, she's excellent. Yeah. Superb. Yeah. Poised. Beauty. Yeah. Funny. Fashion. Like to the point that it's almost not been fun to watch it Mm -hmm. reminds me of when i was a kid this is a little bit before your time page but you know there's wikipedia you've probably heard about this (laughs) we had the dream team 
and they mm -hmm. were they go to the Olympics and it's like y'all this isn't this isn't fun they'd be beating teams you know 1500 to six just these nonsensical <laughs> scores <laughs> and I feel like that's what Sasha has been like like she's come out a couple of times and I'm like I just would have stayed home <laughs> I mean unless I'm Anitra and I, mean, I feel Anitra's like I feel like Anitra's the only right? one that's like giving like putting up a bit of a fight Right. And the only possibility of Sasha not already having the crown at her house mm -hmm. right now is that if Anitra is at her absolute best and Sasha slips up a little bit, and this is no shade to Mistress and Lux. They are they are great, but I mean I mean, I mean they're they're watching the same show we're watching. They know what this is. <laughs> but that reminds me though. Since it's it is gay Super Bowl day. Speaking of, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of sports ball, did I see you at a sports ball game oh the God. other day on Instagram? Yes, I went to a Brooklyn Nets game. That is basketball. Okay, um, it was great. I got to watch it from a box seat. Those of you at home mm -hmm. can't see me doing quote mm -hmm. figures. I think mm -hmm. they have a particular name for sports ball, but I don't know what it is. But it was I think like that's correct. That's, that's, that's correct. You were oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm an expert. Yeah. Um, they had drinks. They had food. It was good company. Um, I only watched the interludes, so they're they're like dance interludes or whatever. Mm -hmm. I wasn't super <laughs> into the game. Still don't know the rules of it. Um, but it was you put the ball in the net. Yeah, but how do you do that? You throw it. Uh, all right. Well, you bounce it the and rules. then you throw it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for a musical number, but all I got was dancing, and it mm. was also very entertaining. So I liked it. I might go to a a different a different sport next time to see if I like like different sports. Ooh, okay. Yeah, speaking of thing, Lee Try Sports. Yeah, look at that. Ooh, that could be our Patreon. <laughs> Lee Try Sports. <laughs> A very short but recurring segment of the show, perhaps. You know, I I have been to many professional sports things. Gross. And I have been outside in the bleachers and whatnot. And I have been on the club level in the seat. I won't do it now unless I'm in the club level. Yeah. Because like, yeah, no, I need champagne. Mm -hmm. I need snacks. Mm -hmm. I don't want to mm -hmm. be out in the elements. No. Because I don't care enough. No, no, I mean, not for this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> not a Beyonce concert. Like, I'm not no. for this, but. <laughs> oh, and speaking of the Beyonce, Paige, we're going to have to do a whole special, I think, about the Beyonce concert. I was thinking about this. Listen, because I know I won't be able to keep it to 15 minutes. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No, it's going to be not for the out of body experience we're about to have. It's going to have to be the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to break down mm -hmm. the lighting, the sound, the choreography, the, the pre-show experience, the... There's there's gonna be a lot to discuss. So. Gonna, our outfits. I'm still. I'm. I have. I just. Oh, I just oh God, don't know what to. Wear. I don't know. I don't know. I have so many thoughts in my mind. I have so many thoughts in T H O T S and a Shein cart. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. It's it's racking my brain. But just spoiler alert, scorekeepers, we are probably going to be taking most of the summer off to sort of figure things out. Um, but I have a feeling we'll be back after July 20th. Yeah. To yeah. to talk about that. But we thought it would be really fun today. I mean, of course, there are lots of things going on in the news, but like, whatever, we want to talk about us. <laughs> and so my husband and I bought this little party game um, called Honey, Everything You've Ever Wanted to Know About Your Partner. And so we thought we'd bring back the icebreaker game because we have this this box full of icebreaker questions <laughs> and so just you know just real quick we'll just do one real quick just so everyone can get to know us a little better should i shall i pick one at random go for it okay <clears throat> well i'm not gonna ask that one who is your best friend because everyone's gonna say me so um <laughs> <laughs> okay here's one is there any food that you don't let yourself buy because you know you can't control yourself if you have it in the house? Ooh. So for me, this is um, a very straightforward and easy no. Mm. No, um, okay. I, I I like food. I eat most days, but I'm not like a like a food person. And it's funny because Damien and I were talking maybe yesterday or the day before about how frequently I forget to eat. Mm. Like I do not have cravings and unless I'm like hungry hungry, it won't even occur to me to eat. So even if you have my most favorite food in the house, I I might not notice that it's there interesting yeah i had a feeling you would think that i was mm -hmm. a little bit of a weirdo upon hearing that because most people have that reaction but yeah <laughs> well <laughs> i mean no i mean i get it because like i was definitely like that um sort of in college like my friend lauren would call me all the time and be like did you remember to eat today and i think it was just a combination <laughs> of like my adhd and the amount of work that i had to do and um, just maybe like just generalized depression living in New York City when you're broke in 19. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that is that is not the case anymore, as um, <laughs> evidenced by my ever expanding waistline. <laughs> and the answer is gummy bears. Um, unfortunately, no, I'm a, I, I do not do chocolate candy. I do gummy candy and those giant like five pound gummy like I've gotten those as presents from people and I've said oh my god thank you <laughs> <laughs> like you know me so well <laughs> when I left my last job my boss bought me a five pound bag of gummy bears from Amazon and I was like wow maybe I should rethink <laughs> you said wow you value me you really do you really do <laughs> maybe if maybe if i had gotten one of these a few months ago i wouldn't be leaving 
<laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Shout out to Jane, friend of the show. <laughs> well, mine is absolutely um salt and vinegar chips. Mm. I love salt and vinegar chips, especially it's partly maybe a sensory thing because of like the sourness and the salt, and I just Mm, I love it and mm-hmm. I cannot keep them in the house like that because I will probably give myself IBS. So... <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it's a it's a once in a while treat. <laughs> I love salt and vinegar chips so much. And it's totally it's so funny because it's such an adult thing, because I remember like having mm-hmm. salt and vinegar chips as a kid and just being like why on earth would you ever? <laughs> <laughs> and now they're so good. Whenever I think of salt and vinegar chips, I think of my friend Kristen. And we were in the grocery store and we were standing in line and she forgot to get salt and vinegar chips. And just her Virginia just came out and she was like, <laughs> she'd like shout, she'd like, Maureen, go get me some salt and vinegar chips. <laughs> we just we still make fun of her to the day, like, get mama her salt and vins. <laughs> well, that was fun. Let's maybe let's do another quick one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> oh, that's those are kind of intense. Um <laughs> who is your least favorite relative? Oh my god. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> okay we're not doing that one okay here's well i think we all know the answer to this one but which one of us is more likely to demand to see the manager at a restaurant (laughs) well i i'm not convinced that i'm going to restaurants since i forget to eat so I'm just gonna say. Feel... <laughs> Go, for it. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> Although you are not that enthusiastic with food, Lee, I think it would be you. <laughs> I was gonna say not the Sagittarians. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Y'all better be glad there's not a manager for this show because I'd ask to speak to them now. Oh, well, see, there you go. There you go. <laughs> it is not a secret that I prefer when things are my way. And if something isn't my way, then my expectation is there's a person to talk to to shift it to my way. So I will receive that. I will receive it. But can it's I say positive? I think but, it's knowing your worth. 100%. I think it's knowing your worth. 100%. And yeah. I certainly do. <laughs> and can I say that when we were dating, um, Dennis came to DC and we went to brunch with a couple of my friends, and the service was just awful. They kept bringing us the wrong things. Oh. Like they were out of all the like 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 out of some of the things that we ordered but didn't tell us until like we had been sitting at the table for like half an hour it was just like terrible and then they wanted to charge us all this money for for brunch and Dennis leans over and it's like I'll be right back and I thought he was just going to the bathroom or something and he comes back and he sits down and the manager of the restaurant comes over like white as a ghost so scared and was like 
just whispered in his ear, I've taken care of it for you, sir. And I was just like, what did you do? And he was just like, I had to talk with the manager. And I was just like, that is still to this day, probably the sexiest thing he's ever done. My man took care of this. My, yeah, her. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Don't mess with my man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one one last quick one. Mm. What was the most expensive mistake you ever made? College. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, basically. <laughs> it's not even just. It's not just college itself. It's all the decisions made within those four years. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still paying. Yes, yes. <laughs> I might put mine at something a, a little bit more um, precise. I had a flight from Shanghai to New York that I missed. And because of the way visas worked in China at the time, your visa was city specific. So I couldn't get another flight that was like a, that could route me to New York. Um, so I ended up missing my friend's wedding. Oh, um, no. I know. And, you know, having to, you know, end up going back to Hong Kong. And what made it expensive is that despite that it was 15 years ago, she has not forgotten and she will never forget and she will bring it up when i see her in a couple of weeks because every every time i see her she's like remember the time you missed my wedding um mm -hmm. so yeah sorry jen and uh yeah very, very expensive mistake yeah <laughs> and if this were a lot of my other friends i could just wait for her next marriage but she's not that friend so i don't even have that <laughs> well i like this game we're gonna have to do this more often this is fun because these were like little should. like cute little short ones little short questions i like that yeah, right. I do too. But okay, enough about us, because we have a magnificent guest today, and I'm so excited, and we just had the most spectacular conversation, so soulful, so lovely, so smart, and just, I don't know, I don't have enough good things to say. World-renowned soprano, Julia Bullock is on the show today. And I still kind of can't believe it, <laughs> but it happened. <laughs> it really happened. Um, so stay tuned and we will be right back with Julia Bullock. You do not want to miss it. Welcome back, scorekeepers. Woo, we have a treat for you too. Day. Uh, we have an absolute <laughs> treat. The marvelous Julia Bullock is joining us today. You're making me blush. <laughs> <laughs> 
We are so excited, so excited to have them here. Honored as the 2021 Artist of the Year and Agent of Change by Musical America, Julia Bullock is an American classical singer who communicates intense, authentic feeling as if she were singing right from her soul. Yes. Mm. Combining versatile artistry with the probing intellect and commanding stage presence, she has headlined productions and concerts at preeminent arts institutions around the world. Born in St. Louis, Missouri, she joined the artist and training program at Opera Theater of St. Louis while in high school. She went on to earn her bachelor's degree at the Eastman School of Music, her master's degree in Bard College's graduate vocal arts program, and her artist diploma at New York's Juilliard School. Since then, she's made many key operatic debuts, San Francisco Opera and the world premiere of Girls at the Golden West, Santa Fe Opera as Kitty Oppenmeyer and Adam's Dr. Atomic, London's Royal Opera House and Handel's Theodora and so many more. She's also held several important positions as a curator, um, including opera programming host of the broadcast channel All Arts. She's also a founding core member of the American Modern Opera Company and artisan residence of the Metropolitan Museum of Art. She curated five thought-provoking programs in some of the museum's most iconic spaces. Period. See the diversity. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> she also has a discography, a growing one, a number of distinguished recordings. In November 2022, she made her solo album debut on the Nonsuch label with Walking in the Dark, combining Knoxville summer of 1915 with an aria from El Nino and songs from Oscar Brown Jr., Connie Converse, Sandy Denny, and Billy Taylor. The record was featured in the New York Times Best Classical Music Tracks of 2022 and named one of the 10, black, 10 Best Classical Albums of 2022 by yes. NPR. <laughs> Yay! Yes! <laughs> Which observed, they said, with its smart, wildly diverse repertoire, Julia Bullock's Waiting in the Walking in the Dark is an album that shines, introducing us to an artist curating a career on her own distinctive terms. Uh, but also get into the social consciousness, the activism. Uh, <laughs> as Vanity Fair notes, she's young, highly successful, and politically engaged with the ability to inject each note she sings with a sense of grace and urgency lending her performance the feel of being both of the moment and incredibly timeless. She's in high demand as a speaker on equity, inclusion, and restorative justice in the yes. arts. We love it. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Come on, an engaged artist. You know we're all about that here. <laughs> um, Yes, she is working with Long Beach Opera, Los Angeles Opera, Music Academy of the West, Fink's organization, and others, as well as trying to engage with local communities in each city she visits and serves on the advisory board of Turn the Spotlight, a foundation designed to empower women and people of color, both on stage and behind the scenes, to make a more equitable future in the arts. We are so honored to have you, Julia. Welcome. Yay. Oh, it's my honor. <laughs> so I, oh, there's so many places. There's so many places we could start. I mean, you, again, the diversity, the activism, the art. I I think maybe since it just happened, let's start with 
your debut album walking in the dark and and what it was like to I think especially like curate that set of the diverse set of music like it's pretty cool how you uh you know have this thread of curation throughout your work so oh. talk about like what that experience was like putting that out into the world well, well, some of it was very stressful, to be honest. Um, I because <laughs> we we recorded we recorded it during the height of the pandemic, and so like ten days before working with the orchestra, we my husband and I were in quarantine uh, alone in London, and it was just a very <laughs> that was just very intense on its own. Um, but yeah, I guess. Honestly, when you I'm just think about this word curation and how that, uh, yeah, I guess that has sort of been a, a thread throughout all of my work thus far and whatever you can say of my career, I guess, yeah, I guess it has been curated in some way by me. <laughs> um, um, just very, just trying to be intentional with all of my choices and also mm-hmm. with the repertoire that I choose to sing. Um you know, it's not just a time to put my vocalism on display. I'm also really thinking about the messages that I'm looking to deliver and the ones that resonate deeply within me. And yeah, just wanting to share them with as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, Julia, can we talk a little bit about some of those messages? Because to your point, I think from the outside looking in, your career feels very intentional, right? There, yeah. there are a lot of times you you follow a singer and there's something very scattershot, almost as if mm. she or he or they are, are chasing opportunities. And when I think about the work that you've done that I'm familiar with, it seems like there's so much thought and direction around what you are trying to communicate to the rest of the world. Are, are there things mm. that you can share about the messages that um, you wanna make sure that we get? Yeah, I mean, I guess at the core of it, growing up, I was really worried, at least entering into this field of classical music and also a field that was that's dominated by Western European classical music and also by white people. I was really worried about projections of myself and being not just misrepresented, but Honestly, just being, I, I don't know, I was just so worried putting myself in this framework of a, a proscenium and looking, <clears throat> this is sorry, I was just getting sensitive talking about this because um, I haven't spoken about it in a long time, um, but like being viewed as a, um, as an animal or being viewed as mm. just uh, not a complete human being. And because those messages were communicated to me so many times over the course of my young life and the act of singing and also utilizing every platform that I have to show the wide range of my human experience. Like, I guess that is the message. I just, I'm wanting people to look at themselves and consider me as a human being and all that that encompasses uh and it weirdly that is that has to still be addressed it's like (laughs) um um, 
and it's yeah it's for a lot of a lot of um really heinous reasons isn't it Mm. But I, I guess that is honestly that is the message that I'm I'm trying to communicate when it gets down to the absolute fundamentals of it. Thank you. Um, and mm. considering that Rocky and Paige and I met working in EDI at an opera company, at a progressive opera company, at that, and and we still recognize how necessary it is for younger people and people at an early stage in their career to hear that it's possible mm. to do this authentically um, is, is something that I think, you know, warrants repeating. So thank you for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I also have to say the, the artists who, and I try not to idolize um, other people, <laughs> um, but I definitely have people who've inspired me a lot and influenced me a lot. And every single one of those artists took I wouldn't even, they're not even major risks. They just seem to follow their intuitive guide and like internal guide. They all seem to have a desire to sing a wide range of material. And they also thought really comprehensively about the experiences that they were giving their audience members. And, you know, this goes from artists like, Nina Simone to Regine Crespin to Leontine Price. Um, they did not have the careers they had, or sorry, it's not even, again, it's not even about careers. It's like they did not offer the music and amazing intensity and perspective and reflections um, haphazardly. <laughs> you know, uh, it was with real focus and um that has that has inspired me just as much as their inimitable voices well so i follow you on instagram um and okay rocky yeah <laughs> i do <laughs> and recently you had a post up with your new baby congratulations by the way yay, yay! <laughs> and there was there was a phrase in there that really um resonated with me um, where you said that, um, you know, the work of opera is literally allowing us to share our full selves. And, you know, mm. I think a lot of people, when they think about opera, when they think about classical music, especially, you know, folks that look like us, <laughs> you know, it's it, it maybe not necessarily always a safe space to be able to do that. So I, I'm curious, you know, especially like given the last, you know, three years of being humans living on earth, do you think that spaces have opened up for you to be able to more easily and authentically sort of do that to be able to share your full selves? Have there been new challenges, new opportunities that have opened up um, in these, in these mm -hmm. classical music spaces? Well, I think I, you know, I was in a unique position when the um, pandemic began because my career already had a lot of momentum. And so, yes, the opportunities continued. Yes, they increased. Um, and new ones came across my path that honestly just exhausted the hell out of me mm -hmm. because they were asking things of me that it's not that I didn't even have a skill set to 
um, be able to participate fully. It was like, and um, convincingly in a, in a role, but the institutions themselves were not set up to support suggestions mm -hmm. that were given. And it just turned into some weird runaround circus, which honestly, I don't have any mother effing time for. <laughs> I just don't have time. And, and I, never, I never did have time for. But I used to make a lot of allowances for other people to waste my time and my energy. And so when you say new spaces that have opened up, yeah, new spaces within me have opened up. Like, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> okay. Ashe. And, um, that feels really good. Like that, that is the, that is the coolest thing. Um, it's because <clears throat> the, op you know, the opportunities from external environments, they're going to come and go ebb and flow and hopefully, you know, Everybody wants to be able to make a, at least a living off of their creative work if they can, if that's mm -hmm. like their life's passion, so they can devote more and more energy to imagining new things and creative endeavors. Oh, my, my baby is just weeping. Not weeping. He's uh, moaning a little bit. Maybe getting Aww. his diaper changed for a okay. second. Sorry. <laughs> I think you can hear that. Um, <laughs> but um, I I like that the the, the spaces that I have now give the space that I have now given myself to express like really fiercely um, and pointedly all of this. It, subject matter all of the internal temperatures all utilizing my full body i mean when we talk about singing that's the full you want complete engagement of your entire system and i feel now more than ever before the ability to engage myself <laughs> and um without hesitating and I, I know that that progression has continued, has developed over the years, but it's like there, there is some new depth or space that has been made. And I don't know if it's since um, giving birth or be, because of everything that has happened over the past three years. I'm not sure. And it doesn't really matter. But wow, mm -hmm. I'm so I'm so grateful and glad. <laughs> because <laughs> how it, the worst thing in the world is to be stuck like, mm -hmm. damn that's just mm -hmm. the worst absolutely and it, it strikes me as a a very courageous act to step into those new spaces yeah courageous i i have a lot of support though too you know it's it's um i can only be I can have a vision for something, wanting to do something. Any of us can. Um, but if you don't have the support around you through the people, institution aside, it's like that doesn't, whatever. Um, it's the people who are running it and giving you the resources and also not trying to define something before <laughs> it <can laughs> happens and just letting letting the artistic process and the, sorry, the work, as you said, the because opera literally means work um, <laughs> in Latin. It's like, if that 
work of practicing how to coexist. It's like that is the focus of being in a practice in the rehearsal space. Wow, like um, there's um, um, amazing, amazing things that can happen for everybody if it is actually a I'm going to use the word egalitarian because I don't have a better word right now. Um, <laughs> but if, if it is actually a shared, respectful space to create something, otherwise we're just repeating really sick patterns of hierarchy mm-hmm. and dominance, which, you know, I am a fairly tolerant person, but I'm completely intolerant of that. So And rightly um, so. And, yeah and it's like and now like i cannot tolerate that culture in a rehearsal space while i'm working um um yeah i'd rather just quit the project but anyway i do address instead i usually just tend to address it but it's like like, um that that kind of i don't remember what your question the question of being courageous it's not that i am trying to go out being super courageous. I just want, I really want to be spending this precious time that I have with other people on earth in an extraordinary way. It's really Mm. as simple as that. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. I am just, I am living for so many parts of this conversation and also must say that I'm a birth worker, a full spectrum doula. And so like the things that you're saying, <gasps> that oh, you come, are yes, yes oh. the things that you are saying about how like birth like changes things for so many people. And I can absolutely see how even that, like just having stepped into the space of being a parent, which shift everything about how Mm. about about how you how you show up and I was just when I was reading what you had to say about the experience of chest feeding and also having an exposed chest on stage and what it's like Mm. to have that experience specifically as a black artist especially a artist of a marginalized gender I think of any marginalized gender would like there's a specific thing that like comes with that and trying to mm-hmm. like showing up as your full self you know like really refusing to just distill it to to one thing or mm-hmm. put a neat bow on your image and it is just I was hallelujahing and amen <laughs> all of that while reading it just like yeah. Especially in opera and classical music spaces, I'm like, I never see this, and I want to see more. (laughs) What was so, (laughs) what was so cool about Kavanaugh Meditations for Josephine, this Mm -hmm. piece, um, where I I do expose my my breasts um, for yeah, I guess it's like forty minutes or something. I never was. talk about exhaustion I was never exhausted doing that show and like Mm -hmm. I was on stage out there with Taishan Sori amazing multi-instrumentalist and composer um and um, members of the ice ensemble so it was like it was seven instrumentalists on stage 
uh, with me. And it's like a very simple setup of a staircase and incredible lights. But it's two hours without a break that I am out there um, with this crew, talking, moving, singing. And I was never wiped out, even though mm. I was talking, moving and singing about some of the most painful realities of black, the black experience. And because I, I don't, as you said, maybe, maybe it's just, it's just as you said, I felt I was able to walk out, step out as my whole self. I was not fractured at mm -hmm. any point over the course of the run of those shows or even rehearsals. Um, I was not dissociating from my tasks and from my, from myself, um, my tasks, sorry, diso like dissociating <laughs> from my mind in that moment, dissociating <laughs> from myself and from any part of myself. And that also is a, like that, it, that feels relatively new um, over the past, I guess, year of performing, but certainly since giving birth. And I don't know if it's just because I only have exactly as much energy as I have to like focus and do the things on stage I need to do because my attention is, of course, spent with caring for mm -hmm. this young child. Um, or if it's because I've actually continued to heal and grow and come to know and respect myself more. And so I feel I can just... Yeah, I don't know. It's like, just pull myself fully forward. And also in that piece, Père Noir, because it's, um, I will call it an opera, but it is not an opera where I am putting on masks. It's actually, the, the whole piece is about removing them um, and playing any fun, excuse me. Oh no, I, I did curse. I it's all curse. good. It's all good. But playing, <laughs> but playing, playing every role and every little crevice uh, like offering every little crevice of myself and revealing it it's like that not not every role in opera allows that to happen but this piece um in part because i yeah i guess i was involved in creating it um but the architecture of the piece asks that i live in the moment and actually improvise i mean the, the the act of improvisation too that's a that's a huge one so i'm i'm really living out there not repeating things and not trying to recreate yeah yeah and i i have like kind of a follow-up a follow-up question to that because like it is it's incredible and beautiful and also I don't know, to me, kind of like also sad that there's not more experiences where artists mm. get to feel that. And so I'm now I have this question of like, what can, mm. especially people who are in arts institutions, who are programming, who are casting, who are doing all the things, what can they do to make space for especially the full self of of black artists mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah well 
Hmm. First thing I'd say is just have a legitimate conversation with artists about what they want to do. <laughs> Don't just say, well, we have this opportunity and this opportunity and this one and this one and this one. That's like all preset. Can we plug you in? Can we plug you in? Actually, if you're really curious about these artists, Black artists, artists of color, any anyone who the institution has marginalized at one time or another, you need to have a, an, a real conversation with those artists about what they want to do and also when they would like to do it. So there's no rush, there's no time stamp. And an open invitation, like, would you like, an, like, is there an open invitation to workshop something and actually present it for real, not have some workshop performance, but like uh -huh. the, 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 <laughs> the ability, <clears throat> how do you get experience doing something unless you're doing it for real? Like you can't, <laughs> you cannot have like false or side, like little sidelined specialized performance opportunities. Um, if you really want to invest, invest for real. Take the time and get to know these artists as and their full scope, the full range of what they want to do. Because it may not have anything to do with wanting to talk about how they've been discriminated against. They may not actually, you know, not every artist wants to <laughs> sing about that all the time. Like, um, of course, the 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 hardships of oppression show up in just about every single opera that was ever written. And that's because it's a human, it's a, it's a real issue, right? Like we have a, we have a real issue with oppressing people and not um, honoring each other. <laughs> so, um, but even, even so, like not every artist is ready to ready to or wanting to put themselves out there in that way every second. And to only be asked for opportunities that are going to help the institution. I am not even gonna, I, I, I've never said check a box in any conversation in my life, but it's like, I have seen now this, I, and it does feel just sort of bizarre. It's like they have like the black show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, I didn't think that that, I actually, I wondered if that was going to happen. And it has. It, it absolutely. <laughs> it's like, and we're doing, we need to do the black show for the season, for every season, maybe in perpetuity. And like, honestly, great. If you're getting a bunch of amazing artists and new voices and new compositions out there commissioning work. Great. As long as those artists are able to then develop a relationship with that house or develop a relationship with the people who are sitting on the other side of the table and not just um, presentations. Like, there's nothing more demoralizing than coming into a major space and feeling like you're there as a 
a piece of candy that is going to be delightful and intensely flavored in the moment. And then what, what are you left with? The Excuse me, the rapper, like, I'm just so, I'm so, I'm, so, I, I, it's, it, it breaks, it breaks my heart. Also, mm -hmm. yeah. I, these yeah. institutions need to ask more artists, like, who, with whom they would like to collaborate. Mm, because yes. it may not be every, like, it may not be the white men that they're used to circling around. Who would the performing artist like to collaborate with? Because they may not know the names, they may not have names. Um, and honestly, mo many performing artists are great at directing themselves. <laughs> like, just they just need some additional guidance. Like, they need their people around them, trustworthy people around them, to help shape a piece, shape a story. So, just what what is so important about? the conversations and the efforts surrounding diversity, equity, inclusion, well, it's to have more diverse thought and more diverse experiences brought into spaces. And unfortunately, or not in our world, it's just a reality. Your skin color, walking through the world with a skin color or a, with a, some marked identity other than white cis male will guarantee that you have a diverse <laughs> a diverse thought and experience <laughs> like it just guarantees it well can i ask a, a follow-up to that because i i feel like what what you're describing captures so much of what i found to be the tension of working in EDI and classical music, right? Where you recognize and, and, you know, I think for those of us who are underrepresented ourselves, like you feel very deeply this desire to make more opportunities. And while you're doing it, you also recognize the clunkiness of the opportunities you're making, right? Because of so many instances, <laughs> you know, you're like literally trying to like elbow your way into a, an opportunity for somebody in hopes that your coworkers, like they start to, you know, those wheels start turning for them and they, and they start moving differently, right? And, and a thing that I wonder about, especially because I, I don't work in, classical music or an EDI anymore. And perhaps that is its own conversation at some point. But part of what I'm curious to hear, do you feel like we got anything from the last, you know, three years post the murder of Mr. Floyd when everybody turned on that black box that day and then all of a sudden everybody was like, okay, y'all, we're gonna try to do something. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna do a thing. <laughs> Did we get anything from that experience? I mean, un undoubtedly, but I, I guess I'm glad that there is consciousness around these issues that have been ongoing for centuries, that that consciousness has increased. It increased. What are people doing with that increased awareness? I mean, some people's reactions are knee-jerk in the exact opposite direction or hyper-defensive, but... I'm not really, I guess I'm trying not to preoccupy, well, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not telling you, I'm not trying. I am not preoccupy, preoccupying myself with the stunted 
responses and the failed follow through. Because I, well, I, may, I am privileged, I know this, but I have been able to continue to create cultures that I feel really good about in the spaces where I work and shift the cultures in the spaces where I work. And that also I feel really good about. I've gotten feedback from major presenters who have hired me for things. And they've said, you know, after having worked with you, we now understand much more deeply and better what our job actually is. And it is to be in service. <laughs> and it's like, I'm so glad that, that those words were the exact ones that came out of their mouths because have come out of many of their mouths because I also feel that that is my job. Like I'm in the service to many, many things and many people and many eras through the act of singing and putting myself, putting that singing or performing, whatever that is, out on stage. And isn't, so then these, these places um, be helping artists serve as they want to serve and share. Like that should be their, honestly, like their really <laughs> focus. How do we make this the safest, easiest, most enjoyable, comfortable, inspiring space for human beings to traverse? How do we do that? That should really be their only concern. Not about the production value mm -hmm. or any of the other. I mean, because all that will come. Mm -hmm. All of that comes from people who actually really care about their jobs. Like, <laughs> all of that will come. Mm -hmm. You don't need some sleek, you don't need sleek anything put on it. Some, yeah, anyway. Sorry. I don't even know if I answered your question, Lee. <laughs> no, you, you absolutely, <laughs> okay. no, you absolutely did. And, and you know, I'll tell you the thing that's challenging about it is one, on the administrative side, there are mm. fewer opportunities to sort of check our progress, right? Yeah. Like it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. hard mm -hmm. to know because as you mm. point out, so much of it is so localized and it would mean a lot to hear from a particular black soprano or you know Asian American tenor would come in and say, this process was easier for me than it was somewhere else. And that is a win. And then again, at the same time, some days you would feel like I'm trying to empty the ocean with the teacup right because the mm -hmm. scale of the issue was so massive and it literally was like i'm i'm also able to touch one artist or one kid at a time so i, I appreciate yeah. hearing that because being reminded that like even if you are only touching one person at a time that's significant and it it absolutely it matters yeah it is it is and and i have to say you know in my position you know i you know, Lee, you and I in particular have talked about this so many times that like, you know, I just have felt this responsibility, like every person of color who comes off that elevator, I have to, you know, dismantle hundreds of years of white supremacy in this, in this space in order to make, and it's only recently that I have really kind of taken a step back and been able to kind of look at what I'm doing mm -hmm. and say like, okay, well, there are going to be these people in this space who I'm never going to reach. You know, it's like, you know, the whole, that cliche, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. 
I've got free water in my office. If you want some, feel free to come have some, <laughs> whatever. I actually don't really care. <laughs> but what I do care about is like on that individual level of like just recently, just a couple of, of weeks ago, we had a non-binary Black singer um, who was hired for a show who came into my office and wanted to talk about a microaggression that they had experienced at an after party from one of... Um, I don't know if it's a patron or a donor or whoever, and being able to sit down with them and to express that like, okay, well, that's horrible that that happened to you. Um, But please don't ever feel like the reputation of this institution is more important than your humanity. So if that ever happens to you ever again, Mm. (laughs) feel free to say something. And if somebody has something to say about that, then call me. (laughs) <laughs> and I will Kool-Aid man into whatever space I need to and start throwing <laughs> some elbows. <laughs> and yeah. that that interaction for me, like in that moment, I was just like, oh, that's what this is about. And mm. like, we can have a hug and this person can go off into their day knowing that they can be their full, complete self in this space and they have permission to be able to do that and the support to be able to do that. And that's what I feel like mm. it's a, it's it's about you know 100 yeah so i'm curious you know going back to um you know what Paige was talking about with the institutions um i'm thinking about the other side of that you know and, and thinking about this young artist that i was just talking to what what is the advice that you would give to to young artists of color or disabled or trans non-binary queer or other marked identities who want to embark on this career and also, you know, be their full selves, um, you know, because mm-hmm. obviously it's still as progressive as some institutions are, it's still kind of scary um, sometimes to do that, especially when you're young. Um, mm-hmm. So so what are your thoughts on that or any advice you might impart? Mm-hmm. I'd say share what you're, I'm, <clears throat> I'm, I'm just trying to, reflect on like early performances that I gave when I walked off stage knowing the content of this is totally right and I know that it's hitting people but I'm feeling broken in the process of sharing it even if it was like a, a recital that I put together right something that the, all, when you're talking about messages, these are all things that I really wanted to share, wanted to sing, knew were important to sing. And also there was a part of like I called, I felt really called and ready conceptually to offer, <laughs> like in the privacy of my bedroom. But the process of going out on stage didn't just challenge me like really wore me down Mm -hmm. and like just psychologically and then it had an impact on my voice and I didn't have it's really hard to balance like when you can conceive of something or you know what the thing like you you can identify the thing that you need to be doing whatever that intangible thing (laughs) is but you don't always yet have like the full skill set to support it that I, I again I don't even know if this is a piece of advice because 
I honestly, I still just charged ahead and did all the things. But it did come at a cost. And I did have to find ways to like recover and heal. Um, because I it wasn't a welcoming space. Like even if people were applauding, <laughs> it wasn't a genuinely welcoming space. It wasn't a genuinely safe space. And I didn't feel safe within myself. So I I guess what I would just say is like, mm, make sure we're just talking about support. And honestly, again, <laughs> make sure you have as much support around you as you need and whatever little whatever parts of you you're doubting whether it's a technical you know singing thing or just a this skill of i don't don't even know what it could be an, an infinite number of things just make sure that you're seeking out the help that you need and that you feel totally like as time goes on you are continuing to learn in the process because yeah i was asked the other day like well, why why do you sing and it took almost an hour long interview to like <laughs> I, I said i mean i initially was just like because i love it but like what a question yeah <laughs> but it's like because i get to learn all the time that's why i sing mm-hmm. and i guess for i would just say for any artist where you you want your identity to be a part of your work. And honestly, I don't know any art. There's no artist in the world, whether it's a composer, a writer, musician, actor. There's no artist I know who does not in some way infuse their identity in, or their identity is somehow infused and infiltrated into their work. Mm-hmm. And also because they're reflecting not only on their own experiences, but they're reflecting on what's going on around them. Anyway, if you want, if you want that to be a part of your life and not just uh, cutting yourself out and pasting it into different shows and different experiences, but you really want to give of yourself, just know that it's, it's all the, in service of your learning also <laughs> it's like <laughs> um uh not just there to you're not just up there to teach people things you're there to learn yes absolutely <laughs> well i am i am looking at the clock and I wish we could have this conversation all day, but I know you have things to do. <laughs> Little babies to take care of. <laughs> places to be. Um, so, you know, last question for you. What is next for Julia Bullock in 2023? What can people look out for and where can they find out all the things? <laughs> well, all the things. Um, <laughs> well, come come over. Just come to Munich. You can definitely find out all the things. Okay. <laughs> um, um, but um, yes. Well, obviously, I have my every performance uh, is on my website. If you're wanting to go there, it's just juliabullock.com. Okay. Um, and I'll be yes, Instagram. I also and Facebook. I I'm posting less I have so much amazing stuff I want to share but I'm just I have like no time to actually get it up there um but yes anyway of course please um if 
if you do want to engage in any way, honestly, I do, I do read and respond to every message that, or try to every message that I've sent um, on Instagram at least. And yes, I'm, uh, yeah, just, just living life, uh, singing, traveling, trying to rest when I can. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think I'm enjoying most hours. Nice. Well, that's all we can ask for, right? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> well, all those links will be down in the show notes. Everybody, everybody, please go follow Julia and go buy her albums and listen to her incredible music. Um, we were so honored to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. I know you're so busy, but this was such a beautiful conversation. Rocky Lee, no, my, really, my pleasure genuine pleasure (laughs) (laughs) all right everybody and we will be right back with pure black joy thank you julia bullock thank you And we are back. Thank you so much to Julia Bullock for being with us. That was amazing and fantastic. Ah, so, so happy. (laughs) (laughs) So, so happy. Um, But if that's not enough pure Black joy, are you ready, Paige? Ready. And a one, and a two, and a one, two, three, four. It's peanut butter jelly time, peanut butter Jelly time, peanut butter jelly time, peanut butter jelly, peanut butter jelly, peanut butter jelly with a baseball bat, peanut butter jelly, peanut butter jelly, peanut butter jelly with a baseball bat, peanut butter jelly, peanut butter jelly, PB and J time. Mmm, so sweet. Zoom just kind of wanted to remix that one a little bit though. I was trying to clap along, so not my fault with Zoom. Um, but yes, this is Pure Black Joy. This is where we talk about the Black people, places, things, ideas, culture that is making us happy this week. And I'm just going to start off with um, Tennessee GOP. You tried it. You tried it. You tried it. So shout out to representatives. Justin Jones and Justin Pearson. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you so much for your service. And it's just, <laughs> I wish I could be there to see the faces of all those people when y'all walk back into that chamber. Cracked. To do face crack of well, the century. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that's my pure Beautiful. black joy. Just short and sweet for me. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. That one's wild. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mine's also pretty short and sweet. Uh, by now, you have probably heard, um, if you haven't, you might have been living under a rock, about <laughs> the LSU women's basketball mm-hmm. team winning that championship. <laughs> and my pure black joy is black girls with attitudes, black <laughs> girls who are confident, black girls who are cocky even. Yes, I live for it. Black <laughs> girls who are cocky and back it up because they're the best and they know it and you can't tell them otherwise. Specifically, Miss Angel Reese, I live for her. I Yeah, yeah. This is a this is an Angel Reese fan club actually. Um 
and Alexis Morris and Flage Johnson, who's also a rapper, <laughs> a, a cold rapper at that. That like, sounds like grown such a good name rappers. for a rapper. Hello, Flage. Flage. You, you ain't even got to change your name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, shout out to them. Like, they're just incredible. They are incredible. And I think also this had like, some of the highest viewership of, of of any of any sports like college sports and usually i mean we know how people try to play women's basketball mm-hmm. and act and not play them as much women's sports in general across the board mm-hmm. so it was also just exciting to see their example for people everywhere but especially young black girls ah i'm living i'm living i hope they just keep going to infinity and beyond and have incredible, fantastic careers and continue to get that money for their talent as well. Them deals. I see you girls get the bags, secure the bags. I love it. <laughs> I'm living for it. It's, it's giving me so much joy. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, mine is also related to sports. Um, so that was a you're, fantastic you're segue. You're so sporty this week. Yeah, don't get used to it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this week, um, Megan Rapinoe, Sue Bird, and a bunch of other athletes wrote a letter supporting trans athletes relative mm. to all of these laws that are popping up here and there that are trying to oppose them, and particularly looking at the federal legislation that the White House supports that while it doesn't allow for blanket bans on trans athletes participating in sports in high schools, it doesn't, it also doesn't um, make it illegal to have such bans, right? And I really appreciated hearing the voices of a lot of athletes, um, especially women's athletes, um, who are so frequently sort of spoken for. You hear a lot of people saying things, many of them inane around, you know, but what if this happens and then women athletes can't do this, that, and mm-hmm. the third. And I thought it was really great to have a group of world-class women athletes coming forward and saying, oh, we're fine. We support <laughs> our, our trans siblings in being able to play, right? Because mm-hmm. I think if there is something to figure out about how this is supposed to work, then we should figure it out, but banning people from being able to participate in sports is not the way. And this is coming from a person who, until maybe about a week ago, I don't know that I believed that sports were real. So (laughs) this is is my new soapbox and I will be on it every week until they don't give Angela Bassett another award and I have something new to be mad about. (laughs) The only sport you knew about was Quidditch. (laughs) (laughs) nice one james thank you well don't get me started on that lady though we'll we'll let her have it another time indeed All right, everybody. Well, that is our show for today. I hope you all had as much fun as we did. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for to Julia Bullock for being with us. Thank you so much to my beautiful co-hosts for being here with me on this 
beautiful Aww. Friday. Thank you. <laughs> and for all of you out there, you can support us by leaving a review. Five stars, please. Five. I'm not playing. Five. I don't want anything other than that. <laughs> and if you leave some words, we might read it out on the air. Um, but also subscribe on your favorite podcast podcast app or words of choice <laughs> um and of course tell all of your friends about us because we are fun <laughs> um i guess before we go any words of wisdom um... oh yeah oh. uh champion is playing at the met if you are oh, in the, yes. the new york city region please go see it because if we don't support um works by black artists people may not continue to program them absolutely mm, yep. 100 percent. are you planning to go see it soon i am planning to see it twice nice yeah excellent well next time you'll have to tell us how it is i'll tell you all about it okay yes. sounds good sounds good well can't wait for that and we will see you all in two weeks Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs> Get mama her salt and beer. <laughs> <laughs>